When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to football today. It is February 16th on a Friday. No rose today. Um, so I got my uh, my co-worker Justin Pennick on the show with us from the from Talking Giants. If you don't know about that podcast, check it out. He does a great job. Justin, what's going on, dude? Hey, co-worker Bobby Skinner. Happy Friday. Happy Daytona weekend to uh, all who celebrate. We celebrate Daytona weekend. And yeah, we're going to... You know, we're going to talk some football because that's what we do here on Jam Football. Got some topics. Uh, I especially really like, I like the first two that we got. Yeah, the, 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 you don't like the third one? Uh, the, <laughs> the, <Nope. laughs> the first question is, uh, what do the Giants do at quarterback? No. Nope. We are not going to talk about the Giants, even though we have, an, or we could give you the be- like the most in-depth football today if we did want to do that. Uh, the first question is one that I've been, it's been on my chest all week. Is Kyle Shanahan making Steve Wilkes the scapegoat by firing the defensive coordinator after the Super Bowl? I'm going to go with no. On paper, it looks like it. Absolutely. On paper, from the outside looking in, if you're not paying attention to the 49ers, you're like, this is insane. They had the number three defense. But if you follow the 49ers closely and follow people who cover the 49ers, Wilkes has kind of been an issue all year long. Now, I, I think like Wilkes is, yeah, you could say Wilkes has been an issue all year long, but I think it also stems with why he was hired in the first place because you have Sala, who was, you know, this, I feel like this is when the, def- the 49ers defense has really started to be good. It's when Sala was there, then he leaves, and then you promote in house and you have D'Amico Ryans. Now, I don't necessarily think that the 49ers had like the best in house options compared to when you had those two previous guys leave for, for head coaching jobs. But Wilkes, it just seems like Wilkes is the complete opposite of what the 49ers are about, where Salah, uh, uh, Salah, uh, Salah and um, D'Amico Ryan. Ryans are, are very big rah-rah guys. They're kind of big energy guys. Wilkes doesn't seem to be like that like that energetic. Um, uh, obviously, D'Amico Ryans being a linebacker himself, Salah seems to be like a front seven guy. Wilkes, a lot of his experiences in the secondary, and if you know the 49ers defense, it's their front seven. It's Fred Warner, it's Nick Bosa, and then all the other cast that they kind of got behind him. So it just didn't really seem to be a good marriage to begin with, even though Wilkes, on, even though it seemed to be good on paper, and it is good on paper. And if you gotta, if you want to blame Shanahan in this, it's from this one for the higher in itself in the first place and two would be well this these issues were there mid-season um and you knew what you were getting with steve wilkes right like he likes to blitz he likes to run all this stuff and it was just slow against what the 49ers have done in that system with like you said going from sala to D'Amico ryan's um you know both you know really good defensive coaches we've seen what they've done with their respective units with the jets and the texans um where wilkes likes to blitz a lot and it got to the point where Shanahan was tired of it, right? Like, and you saw him in, in the Super Bowl call a timeout and was like, no, no, because they lined up everybody on the line of scrimmage, all the DBs at the sticks, and we're going to run cover zero on second down. And Shanahan was like, nope, nope, we are not doing this. 
And I think I don't want to get too detailed. And also, you know, I'm not like studying the 49ers week in, week out, but I follow people who do. And they're like, man, this defense was never in sync. It was always underperforming, despite the fact that you look at the box score and say they're the number three defense in the NFL and scoring wise, because when they played good teams, they had issues. And, you know, the, the phrase I've seen a lot is like the back end was not connected to the front end, right? Where it's like, you, you and, the more you like learn ball, like, like those two things have to be married together. Um, and it just never was. And I think the players, like the players had issues with Wilkes. There was quotes that came out, you know, mid season and Shanahan was this, this was like building for a long time. And if you want, again, if you want to blame Shanahan is for hiring someone that doesn't like agree with his philosophy and then two, not doing it mid season when these issues were there. But I, I was, it was driving me crazy. All the people being like, "You're blaming him for losing the Super Bowl." No, the, the Super Bowl was actually Wilkes' probably best game plan. Yeah, outside of that two minute drill at the end of regulation. But you also hear like, "Man, Shanahan and and company was like really involved in the defensive game plan going into the Super Bowl too." And it seems to be unusual. Usually, when you have coordinators leave for other positions, especially when you have offensive coaches offensive head coaches and then their defensive coordinator leaves. It seems like if you, if you hire that next defensive coordinator, the offensive coach is going to be maybe a little bit more hands off and going to let that defensive coach run the defense, right? That you kind of hinted at it. That was not the case where you you mentioned that Steve Wilkes, he wants to go out there. He wants to blitz. The 49ers were still bottom five in blitz percentage this year. And you have Nick Bosa after the game saying, you know, we we were not prepared for Mahomes kind of taking off and running there. There were two late runs that Mahomes had towards the latter part of the game. EPA-wise, now, n- the numbers of just, like, yards per carry and even explosive runs allowed, they were a little bit worse than explosive runs allowed this year versus 2022, where they were just flat-out dominant in 2022. But still, like, I, I tried to find, like, the gotcha stat of like, oh, this is the area in which the 49ers defense was definitely worse than 2022. And I really couldn't find it. But EPA-wise, they were they were worse. They were worse on the ground. But that that was it. Uh, that that was really it. So the, I, I would say the criticism for Shanahan here, God, I don't think I think scapegoat is the wrong word, but Shanahan isn't absent from the criticism because let Steve Wilkes run his defense. Like just it, it, this, if this is a guy that you think is qualified, if this is a guy that's kind of been around, he's with the Panthers for a really long time. He was with Missouri in 2021. You know, obviously head coach of the Cardinals that one year. If you think this guy is qualified, then let him run his defense. Especially if you know coming in that, all right, we're gonna force you to integrate this Seattle Seahawks cover three Legion of Boom stuff that we've been running for years. We're gonna kind of force you. And as an experienced defensive coordinator to integrate this, and we're going to expect you to get it as time goes on. It, it just seemed to be a weird, a weird pairing with that expectation from the start. And obviously because Shanahan has lost the Super Bowls, there's going to be criticism on him, uh, you know, and it's, Hey, you know, you are going to be judged against the best, right? Kyle Shanahan is still a great coach. The idea of him being on the hot seat is, would be insanity, even though people like to throw yeah. that out there. But <laughs> If there has been one issue with him is that he is very controlling. And, hey, that controlling has led to a lot of wins. But you got to let your guys do their thing, right? And I think that even goes down to the quarterback with Purdy, right? Where, like, their protections were not set correctly a lot of times. And a big part, like, they don't really have the quarterback set the protection. 
right? They are they are set it and let and let's run the play. And you let you know you saw Spagnola take advantage of that by just disguising some of the looks they were getting. And then you have George Kittle doubling Chris Jones while you have a you know McDuffie coming as a free corner, even though like the safety is over the top, which is like a, a giveaway on where the blitz is usually coming from. Um, so and you know not scan having Kittle scan for for the blitz or anything. So that's where my criticism of Shanahan will be. And this is like, man, you gotta, you have all these great players. You kind of gotta let them, one on the offensive side, like, let, you trust Purdy, right? You trust Purdy more than you ever would. You call plays differently for him than you have any other quarterback. He's clearly much better than Jimmy Garoppolo. And going into year three now, you gotta, I think there's needs to be a little bit of change of philosophy and let him put more on his plate as, you know, pre snap. Yeah. And I kind of think the issue, maybe maybe the issue with the defense, at least from my perspective, is a little bit of the opposite, where Shanahan has so much trust in Fred Warner, so much trust in Dre Greenlaw, so much trust in Nick Bosa that it was almost like the defense was, the defensive players were running the defense. Oh, this is what we want to do. This is what we're used to doing. This is what's worked in the past. And then this coach is being like, yo, this isn't, <laughs> this isn't my scheme. This isn't what I'm about. And then that's where I think the miscommunication kind of happened there, where it's like, this is the 49ers way. Shanahan hired this guy, an out, a kind of an outside guy that he's never worked with before. This is our way of doing things. This is the, the These are the all-pro players, especially on the front seven. This is the way that they're used to doing things. And then they even added uh, they even added Hargrave to that, to that mix, right? Yeah. Um, so this is the way that we're used to doing things. Now, you adapt to what we're doing. And I don't think that's kind of... Uh, it, it, it didn't. It, it obviously didn't work, and I don't. And I don't think that's kind of how. Like it's, it's tough to for even an experienced coach to do that. So I'm either looking like somewhere internal that they hire this defensive coordinator, but I don't even know if that's available, or e- even if it's a personality change of you know even getting a guy like a, with a little bit more energy, with a little bit more rah rah, because that's what Ryan's and and Salah had. Like I, I even think it comes down to personality too with with uh, Shanahan and the, the defensive coordinator as well. Yeah, you don't even necessarily have to go in house. You could pull someone from the Jets or the Texans right. and be like, okay, you you have you know what we like to do, right? Um, but it was driving me crazy, like the whole oh my god, he's making him the scapegoat for. It's like no, nah, this this was this was if you were following the 49ers closely, this was coming for a long time, and the blame yeah. goes from Shanahan, isn't from uh, well how his offense did in the Super yeah. Bowl. And the I decision did. is wasn't made in one from one game. No, absolutely know? not. Um, so that that's what we got on that. Next question. Oh. So I wanted to. Do, I, I'm glad I could do this with you because me and you know each other a lot better, and you know I, I kind of hate these debates. <laughs> yeah. And I I think Rose tried to get me to do it on Monday, and I'm like I'm not doing I'm not doing this. <laughs> Where are you on the Patrick Mahomes versus Tom Brady debate? Brady has still got it by a mile. But here's the <laughs> the art the the I gotta live in the now people are at. They're like, sure, but right comparing at the same age, Mahomes is, you know, clearly better because you look at some stats. But I, I really don't think people remember like how what Brady was doing. You know, we talk about, you know, Mahomes doing it with nothing. Well, he has Travis Kelsey and had Tariq Hill for a good time in that, mm-hmm. and Andy Reid. Um Brady's three leading receivers in the Super Bowl years were Troy Brown, Deion Brown, and D- David Gibbons. Yeah, right. Deion Brown was Super Bowl MVP. His twenty-eight year old season, which is Patrick Mahomes, he coming off of the Super Bowl, 
he led the league in passing yards with Deion Branch as his leading receiver, right? And that year was his first ever playoff loss. Not first time, you know, not you know, not getting to the conference championship. No, just first playoff loss ever. And again, like you could say he's on pace, but it's what Brady did at the end of the career, it's like saying Mahomes is on pace to do that. I don't think you could put anybody to say that they're on pace to do what Brady did at the end of his career. And that's like, the key. That's the key, Bobby, because I think this generation of quarterbacks, while they're great, while they're jaw-dropping, while you know the, the crop of quarterbacks that we have now, from a talent standpoint, an athletic standpoint, an arm talent standpoint, I, I think it's the, it's the best ever, right? But the way that, and I'm not even trying to be like old. This is I, I, I'm trying to think reasonably. I mean, this isn't even like old man Justin. Think of the way that Lamar Jackson plays the game. Think of the way Josh Allen plays the game. Think of the way that Patrick Mahomes plays the game. Are they going to be able to extend plays from the pocket? And even like the arm strength, like the the arm strength doesn't stay with you forever. Like it, it, it even got to. Guys like Drew Brees, it, it, you know, I, I don't think Eli Manning ever had an elite arm. It got to Eli Manning, though. It, it, it got to Peyton Manning. It gets to these guys. And even after post-neck surgery, Peyton Manning is still slinging the rock, has one of the best QB seasons ever, and then you snap your fingers, and then it catches up to you. So, and those guys like Brees and the two Mannings, and like they weren't doing things inside and outside the pocket like Allen Mahomes are doing. So I think the longevity piece is like where Brady still has notches over Mahomes. That doesn't dismiss what Mahomes is doing. Mahomes is doing something that's absolutely unique, fantastic, and historical, right? But I think that's where that's where the separation is right now. So we're going to see this generation of QBs and how they play the game and how different it is from any crop of QBs that we've seen before. How long will they be able to last playing like this? So, he, But here's where I... I think Mahomes actually does have a chance, right? And and that and that's my argument for Brady is that okay, sure. If you want to make the argument at 28 years old that Mahomes is better, I I think I don't. I'm not going to say you're wrong, but to say well, he's just going to do what Brady did too. Like no, that's you know he went to a lot more Super Bowls and won four more, and went to another team and won another one. Um, but where I do think Mahomes is different than the Allens and Lamar and and other quarterbacks is that he is. Andy Reid is putting more on his plate and he is getting the mental like like down right where you know I, I've been referencing this clip a lot the Brady the clip he's talking about like quarterbacks today how they just go up to the line they have a play that's not set to beat this and they run it right and people are like well not everyone can be Brady right not a, you know but quarterbacks of that generation it wasn't just Brady right Brady did it better they were all doing that shit. Peyton, Big Ben, Phillip Rivers, Eli, all of those guys. And, I mean, go rewatch some of those Colts Patriots playoff games, and you're like, the shit these quarterbacks are doing is insane, and it has nothing to do with the wild throws that they make. Mahomes is getting that part of the game down where beginning of his career he didn't have it as much. So mm -hmm. I do think Mahomes has the longevity, and I think Andy Reid has done a great job of protecting his body right they don't use him in zone reads they don't do qb sneaks at all when it's when it's you know third and one or fourth and one so i think they've done a good job of trying to protect mahomes's body after that you know that qb sneak scare they had a few years ago where he got injured um so i think mahomes has the chance of it as anybody else right yeah. but to me to say that he's well he's just going to stay on pace with what brady did i mean once brady finally got weapons 
he set the touchdown record, right? He had the, you know, to me, the best passing season of all times when they got Randy Moss and, and Wes Welker, um, you know, and then you add Gronk, like, you know, Gronk was, you know, the all, like had the best tight end receiving season of all time. Right. So I, I think that like, it's, it's hard to say that, well, Mahomes is just going to stay on pace for what he's doing now. Right. I, I think if anyone has a chance, it is him, but I, I'm not ready to fully go. Nope. Mahomes is better, right? Yeah, he's not going to have maybe the seven Super Bowls, but he's better. The idea that Brady wasn't this good is just not true. It's just the further we get away. One, we got to react in the moment and say that everything is, but then the further we get away, like we forget. Like, no, Brady was sick his entire career. Like when he finally got weapons, they went undefeated. They went they went undefeated (laughs) and lost to Eli. Um and I, and I and let me even say this too as as a pl- as a plus for Mahomes. I mean, Pat Mahomes was part of the movement, and you, you maybe you could even make the argument that he was the one of the singular reasons why we've seen the NFL go running the too high, right? You know, too high schemes and just protect everything. Everything has to stay in front of us. Everything has to stay in front of us. We don't want to let anything get behind us, right? Pat Mahomes has evolved through his NFL career in his rookie year. His average of his intended air yards per pass attempt is nine point one yards, eight point eight and 8.4 yards through the first three years of his career, Bobby, it was down to 6.5 this year. And it's guys like Josh Allen. Like, Josh Allen is still struggling with, you know, the balance between pushing the ball downfield and being explosive and taking what the defense gives you. Is still struggling with that balance. Mahomes has got it. I, 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 think, I think it's official. Like, I, I think Mahomes has got it. There was a time in... I think 2021 and 2022 were maybe it was like, oh, it was Pat Mahomes falling off? And it was, I think that's when Mahomes was trying to get like, all right, I number one, I don't have Tyree Kill anymore. Number two, defenses are not going to give me looks that I can just sling the ball downfield. And I think he is fully adjusted now. And I think that is what also makes Mahomes so impressive is that the NFL literally changed because of his play and quarterbacks like him because of his play and he has evolved with it. And like you said, with his brain, with pre-snap processing, post-snap processing, he gets it. Yeah, like he's mastered the defense that the NFL has adopted to stop him. You know, and like you <laughs> yeah. said, beginning of 2021, there was absolutely struggles, right? They were forcing it, They did, and and he adjusted, right? And like you said, Josh Allen, some of these other guys, they could, they've adjusted well, but they have not adjusted nearly as well as Patrick Mahomes has. And that's without, you know, you know, it's, now they're going to have to add weapons eventually too. Like Kelsey is oh, aging. Yeah. Kelsey really has helped them, you know, keep this thing afloat, right? Not just because of, oh, he's a good tight end. The, the way that they kind of freestyle within a play allows them to do that. And that's, that's I don't even want to say easily replaceable. It's almost impossible to replace. I don't think they'll ever have that again. If they are, they're, right. you know, they're the luckiest team in the NFL if they can figure, figure another guy out with that. But they're going to have to add weapons to to keep this thing afloat too. I agree. Um. All right. Third topic, and Justin didn't want me to do this topic, but I, I feel like it's <laughs> worth having a conversation because it goes down the pre-draft stuff. So John Feliciano, uh, a 49ers offensive lineman that me and Justin are very well versed in, played with the Giants uh, the last year. The 49ers right tackle, I'm going to just explain all this and then get to the question. The 49ers right tackle was being blamed for letting Chris Jones rush free in overtime, right? And it wasn't right. And people that, you know, ball knowers were pointing it out. Nope, it's on the right guard. It's not on the right tackle. John Feliciano 
the guy that was who got injured, the guy who replaced him was the guy that went that had the mistake. So Feliciano goes, This isn't on McKivitz. Like, you know, you guys don't know what you're talking about. And then someone replies, She's like, Well, if the right guard does his job, this doesn't happen. And the right guard, Spencer Buford, says, like, damn, dude, are you seriously gonna throw me under the bus on Twitter? And I was like, I can't this is this is the John Feliciano that we know. Yeah. And then Jalen Carter, rookie Eagles stud defensive tackle, chimes sure. in and says, This guy was talking about my dead teammate, right? The from Georgia. And John Feliciano is now being called a scumbag. Well, John Feliciano comes in and brings in context of saying, Yeah, I did make a line of saying he was saying, talking about how he was going to hurt my kids and stuff like that. And I said, you know, I'm going to kill your family. And Feliciano, you know, popped back with, I believe you, you've already got a body because of the incident in Georgia with the speed, you know, street racing while they were drunk and and his teammate uh, in another car dying. People are like, oh, you're just making that up, Feliciano. Well, Feliciano didn't just say, oh, it was in game. Jalen Carter was posting his kids on his Instagram story being like, I'm going to catch up with you and stuff. I'm going to change the question. Are the teams that didn't draft Jalen Carter being a little more justified after his stellar rookie season of saying, you know, we're, we're passing up on this production. Dude, dude, this is always such a tough conversation. It's convos like this are always so, but I think Jalen Carter is making it easy. Because you had the drag, the street racing thing in Georgia. That that's that's what, like young people make bad decisions, really stupid, life changing decisions. But it also doesn't have to define them for the rest of their life. But, then but it's you a have- tough it's a tough conversation because like are are the eagle the it comes down to as simple as I think Roseman or you know Sirianni's if you know, they're going to send him a text message, hey dude, cool it. Yeah, but he's just a bad guy. Right, I know, there's, but there's, but do but here's the thing: Do NFL teams care about having bad dudes on their teams? But I'm saying it's going to catch up with him with his behavior, with his behavior, and that's, right? And where that's it's not going to have to do with NFL teams. Again, there's we don't need perfect people in the NFL, right? Right. I'm, there's bad guys who get along and and have long, great careers in the NFL, but in a league of thousands of people, you're going to get a few guys who are so bad that it's going to catch up with them, and and I. If I was a Philadelphia Eagles front office member, I would be sweating about this guy because he's great on the field. But to me, he seems like a ticking time bomb all the way down to the little, you know, stealing stuff from Target earlier in the year, right? Which is like, man, you're an NFL player. Why? And guess what? That wasn't his first time stealing either. You don't get caught your first time stealing, right? Why are you stealing stuff? And to me, that just signals a bad person. And for him to, him to go, it's one thing to do that trash talk on the field too. Right. The whole like, oh, I'm going to get your kids and Felice. Like, yeah, the average person's like, man, that's really bad. But it's the NFL. I, I, I'm not even mad at that. But then to go on social media and cry victim yeah. like a like a loser and, the, and knowing what you did, get the fuck out of here, dude. That's where that's it'd be one thing just to be a bad guy and talk trash on the field. But then you go on social media and cry, cry victim on it. Like to me, that's the most loser shit I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, it's not good. <laughs> He's just not, not a good dude. But again, I, we talked about this when DeAndre Baker, when the whole DeAndre Baker thing was was happening, you know, and you know, with with that scenario, DeAndre Baker was arrested for for armed robbery, and we we were almost looking at that situation as 
And, and again, like I'm, I'm a human being. I know that you know possibly committing armed robbery is worse than sleeping in meetings. But an NFL team will look at it as DeAndre Baker was sleeping in meetings his rookie year. That that is almost worse to a team if you are a bad teammate and you are doing things to sacrifice the locker room versus possibly being a criminal. And I like and I agree with you. We've talked about this for years. That that's kind of just how it works. Now the thing with now the thing with the Eagles is that the Eagles have to hope that. Oh, that's just a one-time thing. Where you know or the the target thing is a one-time thing. Uh, you know the the night where yeah, all the you know the four one-time things are one. Yeah, one that's time. what they have. That's what they have to hope. Uh, but I but there's there's clearly evidence of dudes dudes not doesn't want to put it behind him, and he keeps bringing it up, and he yeah even something as little as like he couldn't finish his pro day workout because he was like out of shape. That's like that's yeah. that's worrisome. Now, can we, from the Feliciano angle, because we know John Feliciano very well. Yeah. This is, Feliciano is described as like, man, grimy player. The t- the teammates love him. But then he goes on social media or interviews and just throws guys under the bus. I don't like, and it, 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 will burn, it will burn bridges, right? Like he knew he was done in Buffalo, said stuff like, I was glad they lost in the playoffs. <laughs> and it's like, why would you go on social media? I don't care if you had a few beer, you know, a few beers. Why would you throw your teammate under the bus, right? And Kyle Shanahan's looking at this as like, hey, I got to keep this thing in line. You know, we're a Super Bowl. We're we're expected to win the Super Bowl. Like, like that that makes it a lot harder for me. Not a lot harder, but that like comes into the decision process of like, do we bring him in or another you know two and a half million per year offensive lineman? Because like, what like that's you don't think? I mean, Spencer Buford like one comment like, are you seriously, bro? Like, I get on Twitter and I have to see you throwing me under the bus. You know, just so you can, so you can prop yourself up and be like, if I was in the game, that wouldn't have happened. Um, there was but- a point in the year where Feliciano was, you know, uh, at least you, know, you, you see, you see PFF posted, and, he, and he's graded, and he's graded pretty highly um, as he's been like a fill-in guard for the San Francisco 49ers. And I know Feliciano has been a guy that he's been looking for more of a permanent home, whether it be at a position at center or guard. Or just with the team, like he wants a multi-year, and who doesn't? Who, what, what player who's like you know expiring from their rookie contract or you know jumping from team to team? What player doesn't want to settle down somewhere and get some guaranteed money? And we, you know, we we knew that 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 is that it was one of Feliciano's main goals is that I want to go out there, I want to play, and I want to prove that I could start, and then also get the guaranteed money and get paid. I think there would have been a shot. Based on how he played this year, even though he was a backup, he did get injured though, which kind of screws him too. But backups also can get, you know, two two year deals. You know, two year deals, three year deals. You know, hey, let's just let's just bring in let's just bring in here to compete or be a, a, a swing guard, you know, a, a backup guy. And now this is a couple years in a row where he I mean the the wound wasn't even fresh. I mean it, it was the it was the same week and he's you know and he and he's and he's rubbing salt on the wound of, you know, what one of the biggest plays and most cost worthy plays of you know why the 49ers even lost the Super Bowl to begin with. So. Jalen Carter kind of saved him because Feliciano went from like the bad guy to like, nope, that see this guy, yeah. he, he's way worse than me and all the focus. Jalen Carter had nothing to do with the situation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh all right. Anything else you want to get off your chest on about the NFL? No. Uh I I guess the only thing is is Geno Smith is officially back. If there's any kind of like uh you know, it was expected, I guess, but if there's any kind of checking boxes that we got to do, Geno Smith is officially back. I think it was a player option um, that he kind of opted into. So uh, that's the Seahawks. They're going to arrive with Geno next year. They're in a they're in an interesting spot, um, and I think that's that's basically it. 
Bobby Skinner. Oh, here's oh here's if if we were doing football today, this is this would be a weekly segment that I would do with you. So we're approaching the end of the show. Um, I want one player that like that you love that you've studied this week for the draft, and maybe one player that you're like, meh, I don't I don't I don't really like him. So give me give me uh two two quick players there. Brian Thomas Jr., that six five wide receiver at LSU. Anytime there's like a hype around a tall guy, you go and watch him. You're like, <sighs> the contested catch guy. Yeah. I don't understand how he moves like that at that height. It's crazy, right? Like if Drake London went top ten, then this guy should go. Like it's I couldn't. I was watching him film. I was like, I can't believe a guy this big is moving like this. So if you're, you know, this is a great wide receiver draft. You're there. Do you have a grade on him yet? Um. Yeah. And, and hey. Like, you know, I don't have him as like a, a for me, my grading skills, A plus is like, I view you as a top five pick. Like, yeah. I think you're going to be great. And then A is like, okay, First below pick? that, but top 15 pick purdy. So he's, a, he's an A, he's an A for me. Um, Anybody a, you're iffy on? A guy I didn't like, Brendan Rice, Jerry Rice's son out of, uh, out of USC, the wide receiver. He's just yeah. not able to move. And well enough to be a good NFL. He's he's physical. He showed that at the Senior Bowl that he's physical, but, but you know you're he's just not good enough to go get those those yeah. targets that where he can show that off in the NFL. I went to from him to I went from watching Rice to Troy Franklin, the wide receiver at Oregon, and it's like man, this is like Tasmanian devil compared yeah, to, very, compared to what different. I just watched before, which I, I like to watch positions in bunches. So, um, so hey, there's some there's some draft talk for the kids. All right, oh. that's an episode. We'll be back Monday. Me and me and Christopher Rose, Christopher Robin. Um, you guys enjoy your weekend. Enjoy Daytona. And that is football today.